show number 18 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Are you at your battle station? I am! I'm ready! I'm ready! What's going on? It's show 18! Oh my god! So, in honor of show 18... We're doing the thing that we said we were going to do a couple of shows ago. Which is sort of a tour of some of my Trek. Yeah. Trekabilia. So, so, so in this show, we're focusing on JK's Trek stuff. And in a future show, when we're at my house, um, we'll focus on some of the Trek stuff that I have. Okay. So, this was really fun. You just dug through your bookcase that's right over here. And you just randomly pulled off three or four different things. And we're going to talk about them. We'll take some pictures, post them. Yeah. But the the thing you were hearing with the red alert is um, a, an office... <laughs> it's a post-it holder, basically. It's a post-it holder. It's got a slot for post-its. But it looks like an old-fashioned intercom. It does. And you would hit the buttons to call your, your yeoman or whatever, but it's really fun because there are two rows of buttons. Mm-hmm. The top row is TNG buttons. Should be a sex toy noise. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the sex toy noise. The bottom one are the the original series noises. You've heard the red alert, but here are the other three. Phasers. Mm-hmm. Transporter. Ooh, somebody's beaming in. I hope it's Kirk. Majel's voice. It's the computer. <laughs> so, and it's got a slot where you're supposed to put your post-its. Uh-huh. Originally it had some post-its. I lost them. Or I used them. But it's just one of those weird things. And I don't know where I got this or who gave it to I me. I think Junk gave it to you. And I think it might have been I a gift so. from Junk. But I also have another gift from Junk. Uh-huh. Which is my phaser. Communicator. Communicator, sorry. Let's hey, do oh, that again. I didn't even notice that it lit up when you do that, too. Oh, see, it's not working very well. Oh, but it bounced back just like it did on the show. <laughs> see, I've got a Star Fleet Academy. They have to practice flipping it open to make it sound, but not flip back to make it shut up. So I'm going to practice this okay. again. That was well done. Thank you. And all the little lights light up. There's a couple buttons. You know what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and it makes a triple... <laughs> the short shuttle. I should not be allowed near equipment. I think it was a triple trying to call you. <laughs> Probably. Saying, shut up, it's late, go to sleep. Um, I believe originally, I don't have the instructions anymore, uh-huh. but I think somehow this was supposed to be like a voice recorder, like I could oh, really? notes to myself, but I don't remember. Now I'm going to open it quietly, <laughs> because there's a part that lifts up. And under there is a little calculator. It, it works. I was just playing with it. Well, I can't get it. You to have work. to turn it on. Oh, on. Jeez. Press the on button. There you go. Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's so small though. You have to use like a knitting needle to actually <laughs> That's right. do it. Is, is that okay. recording when you press that button? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we could use this for a podcast at some okay. point. Okay. Okay. And there's also another piece that lifts up, and it's really hard to get it to lift up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to lift that piece up. Because we never did figure out what it did. But anyway, so that is my 
official That's communicator. Hilarious. And you know what is so funny? This thing from the 23rd century that is supposed to do nothing but call my starship and be a, a calculator uh-huh. is bigger than the original iPod. Yeah, it is. It, it pretty much it's is. It's not anywhere near a nano. Oh, this thing is great. Or, or any of that. And it's heavy, too. I'm looking at the trademark. 1998, this thing. Made in, made in China. Now, I also have a keychain uh-huh. that has a mini phaser on it. A mini phaser. Phaser type 2 keychain. Yeah. <laughs> And it's with authentic phaser sound and powerful light. <laughs> but we can't shine the powerful light or play the sound because I have never taken this out of the plastic. It's, so as, it's still worth $6.99. As, as they say on eBay, mint in plastic. M-I-P. Mint in plastic. It is. <laughs> there are additional keychains available. There's a next-gen phaser. Uh-huh. Next gen sound effects, Star Trek communicator with a keychain on it, oh. Star Trek tricorder. If I had a tricorder, would I need car keys? I don't <laughs> think so. Star Trek sound effects, a Type One phaser, and a next oh, oh, I gen see. It's one of the, tricorder. Yeah, okay. I get it. Also, you could join the official Star Trek fan club today for only sixteen ninety five by calling one eight hundred. True fan. I'm going to use this communicator to call 1-800-TRUE-FAN. Well, you didn't <laughs> flip it. You can't do anything if you don't flip it. 1-800-TRUE-FAN, please. <laughs> I'm a true fan. I have sixteen ninety five. Oh, well. try calling that number later and see what happens. Okay. And then there's the card. <laughs> I was at a con. This was at a creation con. And at one of the tables, they had a bunch of these magic vision cards, or whatever they're called, where as you move it, mm-hmm. the the image changes. We've all seen Jesus do this, right? Yeah, I right? have a Jesus card, yeah. Okay. Well, I went through them all to find the one that made me laugh the hardest. <laughs> this one, although there was one, you're going to be so disappointed I didn't pick this one up. There was one when you moved it, the, the ship got attacked and they all flew from side to side. <laughs> but mine is from Mirror Mirror. Of course. And there's some interesting information on the back. It says, Mirror Mirror marked the only episode of the original Star Trek in which the Enterprise was seen orbiting a planet from left to right. Oh, right, of course, yes. Yes. Um, and, and then it blah, 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 and there's a picture of Spock with the beard. Bearded Spock, team. On, on the back of it. But um, and, and it's so- called Star Trek in Motion. And what happens in this one is at the top is a picture of Marlena uh-huh. who turns her head, but the bottom is Kirk and Marlena, and as you move it, they kiss. They kiss. It's so nice. We love it. It's great. It's a beautiful card. The The Jesus card that I have is actually um, it's got a picture from the Shroud of Turin, and then when you turn it, it turns into Jesus's face. <laughs> so like, Was this like serious? No. A serious religious no. objet d'art? I forget who gave it to me. But, oh, okay. Uh, no, it was like when when my friend Michael went to um, to uh, Italy. He got me a, a little um, Pope card, a little Pope magnet. <laughs> it's a picture of the Pope waving, and he looks like he's on a used car lot. He's like, "Hey, I'm the cool, pope. the old Pope, not the new Pope rat." Okay, we also have an autographed picture of Gary Lockwood that he gave me uh, for free. I didn't have to pay. Wow! Because he wanted me to see how cool that pen was. It's a pretty cool pen. I can't believe he gave it to you for free. He gave. He's such a free. cheap bastard. Huh? I know, but I'm such a hot babe. It's true. Did we he... were talking about if we ever got to interview him, he'd want to be paid that, for it. That's true. Did he put his hand on your leg? There was a table between uh, us. You but know? he would have. You know. Oh, he would have. He definitely been sitting would've. right there. 
Also, we have my Star Trek temporary tattoos. Yeah, we tried those. Uh, you tried them. At the last I was afraid to, to put something like this on my skin, it but you did it. It didn't work very well, I have to say. can also be applied to white t-shirts, but machine, machine washes wash. out. So, yeah. For a more realistic look, wash lightly with soap and water. Oh, my realistic Star <laughs> Trek weird tattoo. Okay. <laughs> And let's see, there's party <laughs> invitations that say set party, on, set phasers on party. And the, you, uh, there's curve with the phaser, and you open it up, and it says beam up on star date. And then there's hour, coordinates, subspace frequency in honor of commanding. You know, what I really like about this is that he's kind of smiling. He's supposed to be firing a phaser, and the beam of the phaser kind of turns into the word party. Party! Like it's projecting it on the wall or something. <laughs> Eddie Izzard routine about what should the different settings on the phaser be mm -hmm. and one is left the oven on at home and so you fire it at people and they go oh my god I left the oven on at home and they turn and run away <laughs> and I think probably the last thing we will discuss here is um, <laughs> this incredibly weird shot of Kirk and Spock taken um as a publicity shot mm -hmm. for the motion picture. And they're standing sort of um, with their backs to each other. Right. And we will definitely provide um, a, a link to this because there have been scans of this online in many places. Right. So, yeah. And you, you can see everything on Spock, including a little wet spot. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I remember seeing this for the first time and going, oh, my God, he's not wearing any underwear. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. But I want to tell the story of, of where I got this because I think it's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um... We were on like a weekend getaway, went up to Guerneville. Now, do you know what Guerneville is? No, there are okay. cows up there. Yeah, well, Guerneville <laughs> is up in Marin County, or oh. maybe just above it, into Mendocino. But it's a little town that originally was, or 30, 40 years ago, was full of hippies. <laughs> and the hippies stayed in the town, mm -hmm. but it also became a huge gay mecca. Oh. And many gay parties and retreats and things go on there. And uh, <laughs> among some people, it's known as Groinville <laughs> instead of Groinville. But so we're walking down this, this town, the street of this town, which is a really small little town, and going, wow, this is gay Mayberry. <laughs> because it was like Mayberry, but everywhere there were men holding hands and wearing, you know, really short shorts. Oh, and in the window of the drugstore is this picture. <sighs> And I, you know, I ran in and bought it. I don't know. I think I paid eleven bucks or something. Well, I have to say, Leonard Nimoy looks pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, wearing this ridiculous outfit they've got him in because mm -hmm. it's pretty silly as far as outfits go. <laughs> I have to say, Kirk looks much more dignified. Yeah, well, he's got all his stripes. He's showing. got his stripes and, and his shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. and he's, he's all admiraled out. He looks pretty heroic. He looks great. Leonard just looks a little embarrassed. So that's Kirk and Spock in Groinville. <laughs> Oh, there is one other thing. If Lena wants to open this and, and share that with us. Oh, so this is a little tin, and it's called Star Trek Distinguished Officer Series Collectible Metal Card Set. And, of course, this is the Kirk set. Five embossed metal collector cards featuring the distinguished career of James T. Kirk. TM! <laughs> you know what they really are? Coasters. They're, co <laughs> They're Kirk Coasters. They're really heavy. 
Yeah. Oh, they are coasters. You're right. Oh, oh. So let's see. There's Admiral James T. Kirk. There's two pictures. This is from two, and this is from uh, not two, right? Three. Is it from three? Okay. Yep. And here's a nice picture of him as captain. With the tummy roll. With the tummy roll. It's third season. Uh, Mid-season. No, it's third season. I can tell by the fabric of the shirt. You're so good, but it's middle of the third season. It is. Yeah, totally. And then there's a picture of him from, uh, as captain again, so this is from like five or six, right? Yeah. Yeah? Does it say on the back? And then there's another one of him as admiral dressed in the uh, motion picture costume. You're right. These are little coasters. And on the back, there's a picture. I'm looking at the one now. Well, actually, they're sort of like little thin-rimmed ashtrays, too. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the one that I think you're right. I think probably is five when I look at it. But on the back, there's a picture of the, the, the dinner scene oh, yeah. from six where they're having dinner with the Klingons. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe this is from six. Because the, the, does that fit with, do any of the other cards have themes going like that? Uh, you know, I didn't even look at the back. Let's see. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see, this is Search for Spock. Right, and this is, yeah. Okay. Okay, so what does it say on oh, this one? Assignments. Oh, it's just generic. Just general, but it shows one of his medals. Yeah. So these are just some of the fun little things in my collection that every now and then we like to get out. Yeah, so did you notice that it came with this little brochure about why these coasters are so cool? No, tell me. Why? About. It says, why metallic impressions? That could be a plea for help. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> it's because they're, and then it goes into PowerPoint. There's bullet points. Durable, lasting value, exceptional quality, unique designs, brilliant graphic reproduction, documented limited editions, 100% satisfaction guarantee. I'm satisfied. Are you satisfied? I'm Are you 100% satisfied? Well, there's no bug oh, yeah. shots. Oh, okay. All right. And patent protection. So let's fire on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're beaming! Ah, no! Fire, fire! There. Uh, did that ever better. happen to Sula where he hit the wrong button? I'm sure. <laughs> Come on. I like that. I, I may like have to too. do that more more frequently. Where'd you get this from? A uh, con. The coasters, yeah. Yeah. Most of the stuff came from cons or were gifts from junk. (laughs) (laughs) Because we know junk likes to give those kinds of gifts. Well, it was real funny. One year at Christmas, junk came over and I said, I have bought you the crappiest Star Trek thing I've ever seen. She goes, no, no, I bought you the crappiest Star Trek thing I'd ever seen. We gave each other the same gift. Oh, that's so funny. And What was it? I think it was, um, where'd it go? What? Where's our Where's our communicator? Oh, I put it over here on oh, the floor. Oh, well, I think that you was You gave it. each other the communicator. Yeah. Wow. And, but we couldn't communicate with each other. They didn't work? No. <sighs> what a ripoff. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> You're like a clam with a dribble. Whisper so your communicator doesn't get upset and and make. <laughs> ah, keep it away from me. <laughs> I love all the little lights though. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. so funny. That was great. Thank you very much for that tour of all your stuff. Well, there is quite a bit more stuff. Oh yeah. But um, wait. Oh, oh it's calling us. us. Oh no. While you're walking over there, I have to say my collection of stuff is far less um, classy 
I have some some of the junkiest junk you've ever seen that's connected with Star Trek. And but you have the original writer's Well, guy. I know, but that's just, you know, that's like a historical thing. I don't even take that out of its envelope anymore because I'm too scared of doing something. But I have the world's crappiest Star Trek banks, which I'm pretty proud of, actually. Oh, yeah, those are horrible. I have to take pictures of those, for sure. Okay, the, the last little thing I want to talk about... <laughs> is my shirtless Kirk TM doll. And this was a gift from Lena, so it's not crappy. And what she did was she went to all the trouble, first of all, not just getting a Kirk doll, not just bending him into position so he looks like that famous shot from Shore Leave where he's bent over with his hands on his knees. Didn't and just like tie his hands yes, to his knees or something? Yes, yeah. you sewed his hands to his knees, but that part sort of came apart. Yeah. So he I, well, he's yeah. not in bondage so, anymore. Let me just say, this This is a Kirk doll. This is from um, the Mego dolls that came out in the mid-70s. So he's an odd size. I think these are 8-inch um, dolls. They yeah. don't make these kinds of dolls anymore. And these were actually some of the best-looking dolls that they were making at the time. I mean, they actually looked like the actors. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But he, he, here I'm holding in, in my hand his original mm -hmm. shirt. But Lena went to all the trouble of making him a ripped <laughs> shirt. And it's ripped. And she had drawn blood and dirt <laughs> on him. And as I say, sewed his little hands to his knees... So that it would be my surely rip shirt Kirk wanting to fight Finnegan his fuck buddy doll. <laughs> and this sits on the shelf above my computer. It's there with the spanking list, mm -hmm. with my autographed Kirk Brandt picture, which are the three Trek things up there and the others are, are more personal family type things. So both my, <laughs> my strange lives are mixed. But um, I'm definitely going to take a picture of him, and we can post it. And maybe we should also show people his butt. <laughs> his pants keep falling down. His pants keep falling down. Yeah, the elastic, I guess, has has died. And those are the original pants. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's got on blue underwear. and But the nice thing is his boots go all the way up to his knees. You yeah. know, when, if you take his pants off. Which, <laughs> Let's just go ahead and take his pants off. Which I've never, ever done. But he's got rather strange groin, but it's he's a little a doll. weird looking. He's got a pretty muscular chest, though. I gotta say. Yeah, look yeah, at that, and look at the abs. Rips. He's got washboard abs. He does. He's, he's a good-looking guy. He looks pretty awesome. All eight inches of him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that that's the bits of my collection that that we're sharing now. That's that's great. I hope you all appreciate that. And if you have interesting Star Trek stuff. Send us pictures, please. Oh, we would love to know about your we stuff. We would love. If you can't take a picture, send us email. Describe what it is. It's lookathisbutt at gmail.com. But we would love to see what other people have in their collections. Or just call us. <laughs> Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment 
on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. So once more into the breach. Okay. Because I want to talk about Will Wheaton again. Okay. It's not just because I have a big crush on him. All right. That's just a small part of it. <laughs> a small but significant a part of it. A small but significant part of it. Um, the reason that I specifically wanted to talk about Will Wheaton, and, you know, I have, I, we've gotten email from people saying that we need to talk about his butt, Will Wheaton's butt. Will Wheaton's butt? People have written in to say that, and frankly, I haven't seen um, good pictures of his butt, and I don't want to use uh, the way his butt looked in TNG, because that was a long time ago. And, and also then we'd start being kitty porn. Yeah, because he was 16. Yeah. So, you know, we could focus on what it is now. Um, but I was recently um, made aware that Will has available uh, for free a long long clips of some live, um, I don't want to say speeches, but a performance that he gave at a convention. And in one of them he tells the story or reads the story of what happened between him and William fucking Shatner. So I thought this would be a good forum because it seems from things that, that we've both been reading that the story of Will Wheaton and William fucking Shatner has now grown almost into its own urban legend. And I want you guys to know the truth. Right. What happened. And also, um, I just want to share that part of how this, this came up at this particular moment is a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, somebody posted on the Shatner board what happened between Bill and Will Wheaton. And I stupidly responded saying, well, my friend Lena is, you know, a, a big fan of Will Wheaton and this is what she says is in his book. And I sort of briefly recapped mm-hmm. it. I think semi-accurately. You did, I read it, I don't yeah. think I, I did a really bad job, but just pointed out that this story that Will Wheaton tells is, you know, that he went to meet William Shatner and he was all excited about it because he's a fan and, and that Bill was was rude to him, mm-hmm. that Bill faced him. And uh, and then Gene Roddenberry made made uh, Bill apologize. <laughs> and I think it's a funny story. And, I, and I, I like the Wheaton's take on it, that he was this huge fan and he was crushed. And this has happened to people, not just with William Shatner, but many times sure, people meeting course. celebrities. It doesn't go the way you want it to. And... Uh, it started like a mini conflagration on the board, I think, of, of people going, well, who cares what Will Wheaton thinks anyway? He's a sucky actor. I hate him. And, and of course, they're, they're falling into the trap of confusing him with Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. Or else they're just hating him for having a bad experience with Bill and being open about it. Yeah. So it was, it was all pretty bizarre. And, of course, naturally, I dragged Lena into it, <laughs> made her go read the entire thread. And people eventually did sort of calm down. Yeah, but still, you know, I mean... I- People can have bad encounters with Bill. We love Bill, mm-hmm. but it happens, especially the, the circumstances of Will Wheaton meeting him was on the set of Star Trek V, where he was directing as mm-hmm. well as acting in it. There was a lot of tension going on at that time because he was over budget from, what, like day two or <laughs> I something? Think so. You know, and people were not very confident. The script was being rewritten all the time. And I'm sure at that time he was not feeling great about the fact that TNG was a huge hit over on the lot across mm-hmm. the street while he was trying to make his movie. So... I'm not excusing him for being rude, but I can see that those were probably really bad circumstances yeah. under which to try to meet him. And well, this is yeah. this um this attitude on the Shatner board too. That and, you know, if you're going to be there and you're going to post and you're going to say you're a, a Shatner fan, that you know you've got to just be a hundred percent everything, mm-hmm. always on his side. And I remember earlier, 
maybe a year ago, something came up about the whole William fucking Shatner thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, I have the Hi, I'm <laughs> William fucking Shatner t-shirt. And I'm, I find it very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. And, and some people were unhappy about that. And I said, well, you know, there's a, a couple ways you could look at it. And one is to see William fucking Shatner as a comment on his prowess and that sort of made some people laugh and calmed them down a little but most of them were like how could you you have this how can you wear this how can you think it's funny well it is funny it is funny i mean i think bill would be the first one to think it was funny Mm -hmm. and uh, he you know he has he apologized and i think they've since not made it up but you know to the point where they can get along and do things like um uh, the, the show. The Weakest Link. The Weakest Link. You where know? they were sort of playing that, yeah, you know. Yeah, So I, I thought that that was good. And, you know, it just got me thinking. Somebody had written into us recently saying, um, you know, the way you guys are going, you're going to be meeting William fucking Shatner one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Which could well happen. And I thought, you know, what if we meet him and he faces us? What if we meet him and he doesn't want to fuck us? <laughs> What if we meet him and we're the only two women in the world that he doesn't turn the charm on? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. It could absolutely happen. And I think we would have to just um, be gracious about it and not throw tantrums like little fangirls. I suppose, but I think we would also have to rant about it live oh, I'm on sure the we air would, and call know. him worse things than William fucking Shatner. I'm sure. <laughs> and say, well, thank God we still have Captain Kirk. So <laughs> This is true. But, you know, it could happen. And it we, could absolutely We have to happen. recognize that as much as we love our celebrities, they are human beings. They're real. <gasps> Bite your tongue. They are. And they're not always going to be who we think they are. Yep. Uh, and that includes Will Wheaton, too. I'm, I'm sure if I met him in real life. Well, I don't know. I probably still would have a little crush on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I'm going to play for you now is a clip of part of him telling the story. It's a, a fairly long story, and I will put in the link so that you can go hear the rest of it. And Will is, is really good. I mean, he's a good actor. And when he does these readings of sections of the books, he puts a lot into it. He he does a lot of acting. He's not just standing there reading. And he, he really makes the story come alive. He's a very, very good storyteller. So if you've never heard him do one of these performances, this particular clip that I'm putting up here is, is in Creative Commons. So um, I'm not, like, stealing it and posting it up where he, he's going to get pissed off or anything. It's it's open. Um, he does have available on his site right now audiobook versions of the two, of the one book that he's written, Just a Geek, which I have. And I, I really, really like it. I think it's good. So uh, for all you Will Wheaton fans out there, go go and support what he's doing. It's a good thing. Before we play that, can I tell a story about oh, sure. the weakest link? Cause yeah. Because it, it, it came to mind when we were talking about that. Several, several months ago, I think one of our, our listeners wrote, sent us an email, and one of the things he was talking about was when he saw the Star Trek people on Weakest Link, and I remember seeing this just a couple of years ago, um, that one of the things he really enjoyed was that at the end of the show, the strongest player actually did win Mm -hmm. and if you've ever watched that show with the regular people one of their things they always do is gang up to get rid of the strongest Mm -hmm. player and he was saying he was just he was really proud of them for for handling it that way and I had I remember thinking that when I watch it that I was glad that the strongest player did win but the other story I want to share because I absolutely adore this is Bill was the second person voted off Mm -hmm. the first one was uh, John Delancey right and Bill was voted off second and, uh, and you know, they always pick somebody who voted to get rid of him and, and say, why, why did you vote to get rid of him? Mm-hmm. And so the host asked Robert Picardo. <laughs> who's very funny. Who's very funny. Um, why Bill? 
and he said that when he first met his wife, she had a crush on Captain Kirk, and he felt he has lived in that shadow all these years. And I loved it. Bill laughed so hard. They all... It was not just from the perspective of he's married to a woman who had a crush on Captain Kirk, but I think it was an acknowledgement that all of Star Trek lives in the shadow of Captain Kirk. Yes. It was very, very funny and a very graceful way of handling it. Uh, I think so. And, you know, you could probably make that statement about, what, 40% of the female population? Yeah, I yeah, think. I think so. And I remember Will Wheaton had that weird shirt on, remember? Oh, yeah. It had the mud flap girls right. on it. <laughs> cool it was like a bowling shirt with mud flap girls that's, on that's it that's why he wore it he said he wanted to wear just like the most off the wall thing that he could possibly think of wearing well that was it because he's just that kind of guy so let's listen to him tell that little story and then you can, you can click over and hear him tell the rest of it 1701a it took about eight steps for my confidence to evaporate surrounded by extras in starfleet dress standing next to a shuttlecraft william shatner the director was immediately transformed into Captain Kirk, the intergalactic legend. I was transformed from Will Wheaton, fellow actor and film industry professional, into Will Wheaton, drooling fanboy and Star Trek geek. I looked around. I guess I blended in well because nobody had noticed me. I turned to make my escape and bumped into a still photographer who had worked on TNG the first season. Hey, Will, what are you doing here? I swallowed and looked at the stage door. Oh... Um, uh, I, um, I just came over to look around, um, and stuff. I really wanted to move back toward the familiarity of my own spaceship. Well, as long as you're here, you should meet Mr. Shatner. Mr. Shatner? Who's Mr. Shatner? Was he talking to Captain Kirk? He turned toward Captain Kirk, and he called out, Hey, Bill, come here a second. My heart began to beat rapidly as he turned toward us. Captain Kirk looked right at me. I froze. He gave his book to someone and began to walk in our direction. I involuntarily straightened my back and sucked in my stomach. My muscle suit felt tight and awkward around my arms and chest. Within seconds, he was standing next to us. He was about my height, looked a little heavier than he did on television. Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise said, What can I do for you? Well, Bill, this is Will Wheaton. He's part of the cast of The Next Generation, and he'd like to meet you. Captain Kirk looked at me for a long time. So, you're the kid on that show? My palms were sweating. My heart pounded in my ears as I answered. Uh, yes, sir. My name's Will. He continued to look at me. Nice to meet you. He didn't take my hand. What is that, your spacesuit? He made a sound that was somewhere between a laugh and a cough. Oh, this? Yeah, it's not as cool as yours, but it's what they tell me to wear. I put my hand down. I really wanted to leave. I felt a little lightheaded. Why wouldn't Captain Kirk shake my hand? And why didn't he like my spacesuit? 
Could he see my fake muscles? Maybe he didn't like the color. I became hyper aware of the spandex clinging to my body and I longed for the comfort of my fleet jacket. Well? Oh no, he'd asked me a question and I'd missed it. Excuse me? I said, what do you do over there? Oh, well, uh, I'm an acting ensign. I sometimes pilot the ship. Maybe he'd be impressed that I'd already logged several hours at the helm of the Enterprise D, all before the age of 16. Well, I'd never let a kid come onto my bridge. He turned and walked away. Captain James Tiberius Kirk of the Starship Enterprise 1701 and Enterprise 1701A, the only person in Starfleet to ever defeat the Kobayashi Maru, the man behind the Corbomite maneuver, the man who took the Enterprise to the Genesis planet to return Spock's Katra, the man who I had admired since I was eight years old, was immediately transformed into William fucking Shatner. I bit my lip and turned to say goodbye to the still photographer who had made the introduction, but he had vanished. I walked back to my own stage with my head down, avoiding eye contact the entire way. When I got to the entrance, I found Mandy and asked her to unzip my costume so I could put my fleece back on. As she unzipped the back, she said, did you get to meet William Shatner? Yeah, I didn't want to let on that I was upset. What's wrong, she asked as she handed me my fleece. Well, I hesitated. Saying it out loud would make it real. He was a dick to me. What? Why? What happened? I fought back tears and recounted our introduction. What an asshole! Oh, Will, I'm so sorry. I nodded my head and she gave me a hug. I drew a deep breath shrugged my shoulders and walked back to my trailer where I sat down and cried. I had spent weeks getting up the courage to meet this man, and in less than five minutes, he had insulted and, and humiliated me. He had reduced me from peer to peon. I'd worn my stupid costume thinking he would matter. It would, I, I wore my stupid costume thinking that it would matter to him, and he'd made fun of it. Fifteen minutes later, an assistant director knocked on my door and told me that they were ready for me on the set. I stood up, and wiped my face off. I told him that I'd need to make a quick stop at the makeup trailer on my way. He radioed this information to the first assistant director and told me to hurry. I walked to the makeup trailer, taking great pains to look at the ground, the walls, the sky, anything that would keep my head turned away from the Star Trek V stage. I sat in the chair, and my makeup artist, Jana, began to touch me up. I heard about what Shatner did to you, she said. Fuck him. He's a jerk, and he has been for years. I sighed. I didn't want him to be a jerk. I was certain that I'd done something wrong. I guess so, I said, as noncommittally as I could. She put down her makeup sponge and turned the chair away from the mirror so I was facing her. She looked me in the eye and said, Don't let him upset you, Will. He's not worth it. Okay, I lied. I knew I was going to be upset about this for a long time and write a book about it when I was 30. <laughs> okay, she said, and dusted my nose with translucent powder. 
I walked into the stage and took my seat on the bridge of the Enterprise D next to Brent Spiner. I heard about Shatner, Brent said. What, was this on the news? <laughs> yeah, I said. You know he wears a toupee, right? I giggled. No. I didn't know that. Yep. He's balder than old Baldy up there. He tossed a gold thumb over his shoulder at Patrick. I giggled some more as the stored-up adrenaline coursed through my veins. <laughs> Boy, that's pretty bald. Yep. Brent put his hands up on the console. The first AD said, this will be picture. And we all focused. Picture is up. Very quiet, please. Roll camera. 25 Apple, take one, the sound mixer said. Sound has speed. The camera assistant clapped the slate. Action, said the director. Patrick entered from his ready room and walked to the captain's chair. Mr. Crusher, take us out of orbit. Lay in a course for the Ramata system, warp six. Aye, sir. My fingers danced over the con. Course laid in, sir. Make it so, Mr. Crusher. The camera creaked back on the dolly track as the Enterprise D went to warp speed. Cut! Great, new deal. Wrong set. We are moving to the observation lounge for scene 55, said the first AD. The actors This is the toyed segment of our show. We've invited a special guest star, my dog. Buster. Buster. And uh, we just watched a piece, piece of the, of the action. action. Yeah. Okay, we can stop talking like that now. Okay. So it's it's almost as bad as they were on the on that episode. That's true. I think. That's true. So I, it's been a while since we watched that. And, um... It's a really funny episode. I mean, it's it's so out there that you can't even take it as part of like a Star Trek episode. It's like <laughs> it's like a little play within a play or something. Yes. You know, it's not real. But the performances were really good, mm-hmm. and the comedy in it is is pretty darn funny. I have to say. And what we were one of the things we were noticing is um, the interplay between Kirk and Spock, especially at certain points, mm-hmm. is very. I guess you'd call it foreshadowing of. Mm-hmm. When they're at cons together, the the roles they fall into yeah. and the 
the bada bing bada boom sort of yeah exactly <laughs> and, I mean, there, and there were several moments during this where shatner is just hamming it up <sighs> to an incredible degree he must have been having so much fun he was in his element that whole fizzbing game oh that was so funny I, I was thinking um that scene at the end when uh <clears throat> they have gathered all of the the individual bosses into the one room and he's walking around on the pool table. That must have been the most fun thing he had done in a long time. He's in a room full of actors. He gets to wear this great suit and be standing on a pool table so he's literally above everybody else and shouting all these <laughs> lines and being in charge and just basically, you know, kicking everybody around. That must have been just so much fun for him. I am looking something up yeah. in case you can hear the click, click, click because it has something to do with that scene. As a person who was raised in a Sinatra household, <laughs> of course, we knew all the movies. Yes. There is a scene that is very much like that really? in Robin and the Seven Hoods. Oh. And that Seven Hoods was done in 64. Okay. So. Yeah, they were definitely drawing from Now, that, in, uh, in that movie, it's Peter Falk <laughs> on top of the... The pool table. Pool table. Mm -hmm. But I think they were definitely doing that. And I remember seeing that, you know, it must have been when it was in syndication with, uh, I think it was my brother, and we are both going, he's doing Robin in the Seven Hoods. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that movie, so. Oh, that's good. I like this, too. I love that. It's, it's just so silly, as you, as you pointed out, you know, that... That they are so clueless, and then suddenly they know how to speak gangsteries. <laughs> it's like they had the the babblefish, the, yes. the gangster babblefish that helped them translate and be able to talk that way. Yeah, except Scotty never really gets it at all, so that makes it fun. But I love when Kirk calls him Spacko. <laughs> I just it, it, it. That's really good. And the whole thing about right, <laughs> indubitably right. <laughs> Right, you know. And really, it's kind of amazing that Spock even caught on at that point, being Spock. Yeah. But. Um, the other thing I noticed about watching this episode for the first time in a long time is that, um, okay, so they, they started, they beam down to the planet. They're trying to fix the, they keep calling it the contamination from the ship that was there 100 years ago. Although it doesn't really seem like 100 years ago. It seems like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> when all this happened. And, um... They, the first thing that they do is to go see the, the boss, Bella Oxmix, who says, you help me take over the planet and then we'll talk. And then they go through a whole lot of stuff and running around and pointing guns at each other. And then they decide at the end that what they're going to do is put Bella Oxmix in charge of the planet. So kind of there was no reason for that episode to have happened. But they did it peacefully. But they did it peacefully. <laughs> and they got to play dress up and wear cute suits and Kirk got to drive a car. Kirk got to drive a car. And yeah. that is pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Him trying to deal with a clutch. <laughs> well, and you were kind of pointing out that in, in a lot of these scenes, Shatner comes through more clearly than yeah. Kirk. And the moment when he goes, I kind of like this. I'm going to give him one of those. To me, that that's pure Shatner. It's very much Shatner. And we were just thinking about as they're they're driving through town and he's constantly letting the clutch out too fast and making them jerk back and mm -hmm. forth. He must have been having such a ball doing that to Leonard Nimoy. Trying to give Leonard whiplash. Trying to give him whiplash and trying to make him laugh and trying to make his ears come popping off as they're cruising down the back lot street. Well, you pointed out at the end, too, where it really looks like he was trying to make uh, DeForest laugh. I, I think so. So the scene when they're on the bridge and, and um, McCoy is, is um, confessing that he left his communicator in there and Shatner is very close to him. He's about 
six inches away from his nose <laughs> and looks like he's doing his, his damnedest to make him laugh. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's it's a fun episode. And you can tell they were having fun um, sort of getting out of the usual Star Trek mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And, you know, into... Into, into guys the, and dolls. Into <laughs> guys and dolls, exactly. And we have to point out, at the beginning of this show... Oh, yeah. Wonderful butt. Oh. I mean, butt cleavage. Yeah, that was yes. pretty good. Because there's two instances in that first scene of him going up the steps. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, there was... They're very, very nice, but, um, and all the, the other actors, there were a lot of guest actors in mm-hmm. this one too. They were all good with the exception of, um, those two blondie women. Are they both blonde? The ones I on think the they were. Yeah. They were terrible. The ones when they first beamed down. They, somebody, they were sleeping with somebody. And we were, we were both noticing the, the woman with the short blonde hair and the gigantic tits. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a large breasted woman, if I was carrying a gun, <laughs> I think that's right under my breast would be one of the last places yeah. I would think would be a good place for a holster because, believe me, that's not <laughs> the fastest place to pull it out of. And she looked like a man. She did. She really did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and when she's like supposed to be, I don't know, seducing Kirk sort of by rubbing his shoulders, at one point I swear to God she's cleaning his ear. <laughs> she got her finger in his ear like this, this turns him on or something. I think that um, the whole image of, of, of um, the, the women kind of lurking behind them massaging their necks, that was not from Robin and the Seven Hoods. That was from Ocean's Eleven. I think that oh, was, okay. a, that was a, a trope that they used in that movie where the women are just kind of back there rubbing their necks. And, so this, you know. was a, this was a lot of Sinatra subtext. It was. I, it was a lot of Sinatra subtext. I think um, Shatner was probably trying to, to channel him <laughs> at some point in here. Uh, we were also commenting on how nicely the sets were decorated. Yes. And I was kind of wondering if the, the sets were actually from some other series that was being filmed at the time. Like, maybe The Untouchables was being filmed across the lot and they just went over there and looked at them. Was Untouchables still on at that time? It was on for a long time. I don't know. I, it could have been something else easily. But um, right. the, it was really well well dressed. They did a beautiful job. One of the, the strange things we noticed, we were watching this on the DVD, and the opening shot when it first starts of the Enterprise it's in black and white. Yeah, it looks like it. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. And once again, I have to say, even though this was on DVD, the color was not that good. No, you not, know? Really. I, not really. You would expect for something that's digitally remastered, it would have looked a little better. Yeah, well, they do it on the cheap, because they know we'll go buy it anyway. Yeah, I know. So yeah. I, I could have wished for the color to be a little better. Um, and, and we were noticing once again that although the um, suit that Shatner is wearing when he's in his dress-up, mode is a very nice suit that hat that they put on him is terrible it's horrible i mean it, it needs a shave it's it's too fuzzy it doesn't suit his head it's too big mm-hmm. and any any um what's what's the person's name who sells hats i can't remember um a uh, hatter <laughs> it hatter. is the mad hatter i thought that there was another word for well, it. well there is but, but I, I don't know what it is. is okay so any any hat salesperson uh, uh, would have fitted him with a much better hat that suits his head a chapeau suit a, a chapeau <laughs> salesman yeah <laughs> um the other thing i was sort of thinking about is for an episode that i think many people love mm-hmm. there has not been much fanfic at all no set in this world but in one of the strange new worlds anthologies Somebody did write a story. Really? And it, it's an entertaining story. It's, it's, it's in the, the humor mode of this, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering it correctly, where somebody from Iosha comes to Earth bringing them their cut. 
And it was <laughs> a real, good premise. Yeah, it was it was a, a, a good story. I'll have to go back and reread it if I can find it. But that that's the only one I can think of offhand. I've never read a, a story with this as the the premise or Mm-mm. anything. Interesting. Yeah, it was funny. I can imagine going to them going through the scripts for that season. Now, this was partly written by Jean Kuhn, who was mm-hmm. one of the story editors. Um, that they just decided we need to make a comedy. Yes. And this idea came up and they decided to do it because really it it has very little to do with the Trek universe or the way rules were established. And, you know, at, at the very beginning, there's several times when they're uh, kind of saying, oh, we can't let anybody see us use our phasers. And of course, at the very end, they use this phaser stun <laughs> on, you know, a, a half mile radius around the building that they're in. So everybody in the city saw them using the phasers. So right. That just went right out the window. <laughs> well, that also, nothing. <laughs> that wide area phaser stun Somehow they are immune from it, everybody in the building. It's a donut stun. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a special donut or bunt cake shape. <laughs> it's a bunt pan, you know? It's a Use the, the bunt setting. <laughs> Say your face around bunt. bunt. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. And a, and a little one is what, a tartlet? A tartlet. <laughs> And when you just want to stun that one little area, it's a donut hole. Oh. A munchkin. A munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. So yeah. now we know the bake settings yeah. on the face. Well, you know, you got to have some settings. That's right. So what a silly episode that was. But it, it's, it's... It was good. Fun. And they, and they like clearly that. had a really good time doing it, which I always so. shows. You can tell when they're having fun. And mm-hmm. I think everybody was having a good time. On I this think one. so. Yeah. I'm Have you noticed, though, that when they do the dress-up episodes, it's only Kirk and Spock? I mean, McCoy got no dress-up in this. Oh, he gets to dress up like a Nazi, though. Yeah, well, under protest, and his boots oh, that's, don't fit. that's true. He's always complaining and bitching yeah. about how they don't fit, yeah. Let's see. Um, the the Organians one is just Kirk and Spock dressed right. as medieval peasants. And City on the Dresser Forever is yeah. just, well, it's just them. I mean, in their McCoy's back there, but... Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't get to dress he up. He doesn't get to dress up. Let's see, what were the other ones? Oh, they all get to wear those those short sleeve t-shirts in Bread and Circuses. <gasps> yes. That's another one we got to watch. Ooh, just for the t-shirts. Just for the t-shirts. And for the night that he gets to spend as a man. His last night. As a man. Yeah. As the gay centurion tells him. <laughs> <laughs> the bitchy queeny centurion. <laughs> he must be related to those elves, huh? Well, I... Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I want to know, too, is he related to Carol Marcus? Because his name is Claudius Marcus. Oh, that's true. He could be. He doesn't mm-hmm. look anything like her. Well, yeah. you never know. Now I'm trying to think of the other dress-up episodes. Um, well, they weren't there in the uh, uh, Plato's stepchildren. It was just the two of them, right? Right. Am I misremembering? No, McCoy stays in his own clothes. Right. The two of them get into well, little togas. And then um, Uhura and Chapel get to dress up, but they sort of don't count, right? <gasps> I swear. I don't know. Do you think Jean, like, secretly hated Major Larson? Because we're talking about there's a, a, a scene where she has a wedgie, and he, uh-huh. he allows that to be in. And when they made her up oh, for that. Oh, man. Oh, so bad. It's like they hit her twice with the ugly stick. It's. who And, you know, who approved that makeup? And did she look at it and, and go, oh, this looks good? Because, honest to God, if she looked at it and went, I'm not going to look like this. I am the executive producer's girlfriend. I, you know, I'd go straight to his office and go, Gene, tell the, the lunatic in makeup that I cannot be seen like this. 
I don't know. We could ask her if she's ever at a con. I don't think she is. I don't think so. No. She's... Um, is she... I don't want to say not in good health, but... um. She she doesn't seem very. I don't think she does many con appearances anymore. Yeah. Um, so let, let's try to stay focused, though. I'm thinking about the dress up episodes. Okay. What, what else do they there? dress up in? What else do they do? Oh, mirror, mirror. Well, yeah. But Kirk is so so outdresses the rest of them that who would know? <laughs> Anuhura. Anuhura. Yeah. Because I think uh, McCoy and Scotchy. <laughs> Each got a gold. um, They got a sash. A sash. You have to explain the scotchy thing. Somebody left. (laughs) Somebody left a message in our blog, and and they called him scotchy. It was some beam me up scotchy. (laughs) And obviously, we both find that pretty damn entertaining. (laughs) Scotchy. That's what I'm calling him from now on. Is scotchy. Let's see, where else do they dress up? Um, uh, I can't think of anything uh, No, offhand. I can't think of anything either. There but there are a number of dress-up yeah. episodes. Well, there's, um, I'm, I'm thinking of ones where Kirk loses his shirt, but he's the only one who loses his oh, shirt. Obviously. Yeah, well, no, I, I think you're right, though. I think it mostly is just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're the dress-up queens. They're the dress-up queens, and, you know, it was cheaper not to have to do additional costuming for the other people. Too. That's true. Oh, no, wait about um, the the um, the Archons. They all got dressed up in that one, <gasps> right? right? And they all look pretty fine in those clothes, yeah? Oh, Kirk looks so good yeah. in that Archons outfit, yeah. that, that sort of Old West thing. Yeah, with the bolo tie thing yeah. happening. Yeah, he looked yeah. good. So they all Now, got Spock's to... mostly in a cape in that. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, we'll have to probably do a little more research on this as we as we work our way through the seventy nine episodes. Figure out. <laughs> and then we'll have to go back because there'll be new things to look for. Yeah, really. they keep changing them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was good. I'm glad we watched that. That was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. And now we just want to revisit one of my toys once oh, more, yeah. which is the strange communicator with the angry Tribble trapped inside it. But Lena figured out. How to make it a voice recorder. So we want to play for you what she recorded it. I hope it still works. Lieutenant Kitty. Enterprise calling Lieutenant Kitty. <laughs> so I'm being summoned by an angry tribble. Wow, and it didn't squeak at me or anything. Well, it's because you were very gentle I'm going to put it down really, really carefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we like piece of the action. Yeah. It's good. It's a second season, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, do we have a show in mind for the next, our next show? Mm, well, I picked this one, so why don't you pick the next um, one? Didn't you said somebody asked us to watch a Mark of Gideon, and we haven't seen that in ages and ages and ages. That's right, and we did just see a little clip in something else we were watching that yeah. had really, really open mouth kiss. Oh yeah, that's so, right. So that would be good. All right, yeah. all right. So that's up going to be next time is is Mark of Gideon. We'll definitely okay. watch that. That'd be good. Okay, so um, I think we have just the usual outro music that we're going to play.